Welcome to the Passion Business Podcast, the podcast for free spirits with a big idea who want to turn their passion into a business. I'm Anke Herman and I'm your host. My guest today is the creator of Simple Retention Formula, Simple Marketing Formula, Simple Offer Formula and a lot more. For the past 12 years, he has helped entrepreneurs build profitable businesses in various niche markets and industries. Currently, his call center helps established businesses fix their follow-up problem and scale through referrals and customer retention without spending any money on ads. He's an avid skier and hiker, and he loves to spend time with his family and friends. Welcome, Mustafa Hosseini. Hello and welcome, Mustafa. I'm excited to have you here today. How are you? Excited to be here. I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm doing great. How about you? Thanks for having me. Very well, indeed. Why don't we start? Let people know where in the lovely world you are, where you're from, where you're based, and what's your business? I'm from Calgary, Alberta, up in Canada. And uh, so I'm in Calgary, Alberta, up in Canada. My business, I run a call center specializing in follow-ups, retention, and referrals. Mm. Now, that's, a, I think, a very badly needed service because I think people are always so focused on getting new clients that they kind mm -hmm. of quite often forget to look after the ones they've already got. Now, obviously, you knew I was going to ask you, how on earth did you get there? So where did you start? How long have you been in business? And is this the first kind of, did you know right from the start that this is what you were going to do? For sure, for sure. So, so the story is that I went to school for engineering first, did two and a half years of engineering, and I didn't like it, and I dropped out. Took a year off, and I got into marketing school and business school. I uh, got a diploma in marketing, got a bachelor's in business management with a minor in marketing. And then uh, basically when I was, while I was in school, I started a marketing agency and um, we offered and uh, we ended up offering A to Z digital marketing to our clients. And I ran that agency from 2010 to 2018. Over the years, I've, uh, uh, I've ran an IT business. I ran a construction business when I was in school. I, I, I kind of tackled the car business a little bit and then uh, got into the marketing agency business. I also own a software. Now, over the years, I, I learned about the power of customer retention and referrals. And I learned from Dan Kennedy about the power of it and the fact that not very many people actually do it. Right. And so people, like, like you mentioned, do very poorly when it comes to follow up. So 2017, I read the 80-20 principle by Richard Koch, which kind of changed the way I think and, and changed the way I do business. So almost overnight, I dropped the agency because I just didn't like it as much as I wanted to. And I, and I kept going with coaching and consulting. And I started sharing the stuff that worked for us over a seven to eight year span, the stuff that we got results from and call it the 80-20 of marketing and the essentials of marketing in my course called Simple Marketing Formula. So there we help people um, create their simple marketing plan and their simple marketing strategy. There was always six modules in the course and the last module was retention. <laughs> and so the story is that over the years, every time I ran out of 
cash or customers or appointments and introductions and whatnot. I would pull my hair out for a few days. Then after a few days, I would come to my senses. I would pick up the phone, make a round of calls to my existing list of prospects and customers. And on the day of, I would get appointments, cash, referrals, introductions, you name it. So I'm like, this is awesome, right? And we would get between 10 to 30% conversions. Like out of every 10 calls, we would get between one to three different outcomes. So I started sharing it that the process and the script in Simple Marketing Formula. I'm like, people, here's the script, here's the process, and um, you should grab this, try today, and you're going to see results today. Mm-hmm. Nobody would do it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> why do you think that is? So later on, I found out that people just hate to pick up the phone. And they are just straight up afraid of conversations. And um, that's why they didn't do it. So then I kept pushing people, even in my mastermind, we were like, here's the script, here's the process. Even though they were complaining about sales and appointments and customers and cash and whatnot, they still wouldn't do it. So a few times during Simple Market, have you been to Simple Marketing Formula? No. No, you haven't. All right. So a few times during the course, People, I, I, we had a guy who was making calls for us and he, he was looking for more work. So I'm like, hey, people, I have a guy who can make calls for you to your list. Who wants an introduction? Everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Then mm-hmm. later on, I'm like, people, what if we do it for you and manage it for you? Who wants us to do that? <laughs> Hell yes, everybody. <laughs> I'm like, all right, there's a business here. That's why we started the call center and we specialize in follow-ups and, um, retention and referrals which is a big problem <laughs> i love it i love it how you also like you know sort of you, how one emerges from the other right i mean 100%. i'm curious like i obviously want to come back there but we, before you wait wait what like construction business and this and that like how did you get like what were you looking for like did you try out all these different businesses to find the one that works for you or were you sort of how like how do you go about creating a business like is it always like you observe a need and then you match your skills and experience and aptitudes to that or how do you start that great question so um the construction business was was a school project when we were going to school i needed to pay for myself and for the school and uh, we came together with a few friends who were like, let's start a business. Let's start doing renovations. And we had a team. I think I had a team of 12 to 15 people at some point. We were doing painting, renovation, and all sorts of stuff. And then uh, later on, I realized it wasn't a thing for me. And then, so another part of my story is that I grew up in a family where finances were always a problem. My dad was an employee. He really worked hard. And I remember I was at my, I, I was at my son's age. My old, I have two boys. One is two, one is six. I was at the six-year-old's age. And I was always wondering, why is it that my dad works so hard? And my uncles and aunts and, and, and my grandpa and the other people, they have way more than he, he does. Mm-hmm. And so it was around that time when I, I was always interested in doing business for myself. For some reason, I knew this, this employee route was really not my thing. And 
So I grew up later on, I think it was around 2006 or seven. I read the rich dad, poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And that was like almost the exact story of my life. Right. And he kind of pushed me and helped me understand this whole business idea and running my own business and the benefits of it and whatnot, which I, I basically grew up and you know groomed myself to, to get into the business world. And then tried and tested different types of businesses like IT construction, tackled the car business for a, for a small period. And, uh, and it, it, it has not been a straight line. Let me tell you that. <laughs> but so I, I've had, so it helped me also gain diff, good experiences in different, different industries, working with different industries over the years, tackling different types of businesses. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's but everything. Everything like if you look back, would you find that you couldn't have skipped any of them because each one of them taught you something that you now use in one way or another? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I learned something from every single one of them. But um, now that I look back, if I had an option to to not do the construction business, I wouldn't do it again. Not that it's a bad business, not that I people shouldn't do it. It's, it just wasn't my thing. Because hmm. we were doing pay, painting and renovation. We created a big crew. And the reason I didn't want to do it was all the chemicals and the fumes that we were inhale, inhaling. Hmm. And so if I had to start it all over again, that's probably the only business I wouldn't do it again. Hmm. But I think that's almost, it's almost like, just as valuable to know, 100%. you know, like what not to do and what to pay attention to, because it's like this stuff doesn't come on a, on a silver platter, right? You know, like we always 100%. have to make, always have these, like have to learn these lessons. So you had a team of people working with you, like right from this, from the very beginning. Did you find that hard as I, like at the young age you were like, you know, having, not just to figure out how to do stuff yourself, but also, you know, how to manage other people. Was it hard? No, it's all, it's usually easier to have to work with people. And it's usually the hardest to work by myself because having to think about everything, having to manage and figure everything out on my own. Oh, that's really difficult. Right. If it, if, I think it's even easier, even if you have bad people working with you, like bad employees, it's still easier. Like they're still doing something for you, right? And even though it may take, it be a little bit of headache to like train them and, you know, manage them and the rest of it, it's still easier. And so you could delegate because mm-hmm. running a business, there's, there's a million different hats we have to wear and there are a million different things to do. So it, it is, it's never a, a one-man job. Mm, that, I love. I love you saying that because, like, a lot of people listening will be sort of coaches and one-woman shows, and that idea of oh my god. And to be honest, like, even the way I asked the question, like, I've only come around to appreciating the benefits of having other people. You know, fairly recently, I was definitely one of those people where it was just easier to do it myself. You know, so it's it's really interesting perspective. The way you say it, it's like, oh well, even if they're crap, like they're still better than me doing it all on my own. You know, and to discover that 
so early. That's, uh, yeah, that's fascinating. So if somebody, I mean, obviously you had, you saw, I think you were in a sense lucky. I mean, maybe your dad wasn't that lucky, but like you were lucky to see him and really saw at six years old that wait, you know, like working hard isn't the thing that makes you, you know, makes you wealthy. So to even question that connection at that age, I think that's just a, yeah. you know, that's a huge, huge gift that he gave you, like without 100%. knowing probably. No, you know. I think he was like, he really liked what he did. He would get mm. up at 5 a.m., go to work, 4.35 a.m., go to work, come back late in the evening. He liked what he did, but I didn't like the results. Mm. So um, I'm like, I don't like this. I'm going to try something different. Mm. So when you started your marketing agency, how did you get your first client? Like that was, I'm always curious about that because when you have a track record, right? When you have other people you've helped, it's easy to have the confidence you have, you have, you know, you might get other people refer you, you have testimonials. It's easy to answer that question. When people come, they go like, will this work for me? So if you have a track record, that's easy to answer. Like when you first start out, you don't have that. How did you break into the cycle? Great question. So uh, right before I started my agency, I worked at a dealership, car dealership for nine months. And there I, I improved my sales skills. Mm. Right. And then uh, um, so what happened was back with the crash of 2008, 2009, our construction business got wiped out. Like there was just no more work. And then I ended up working at the dealership for nine months because we had nothing else to do, really. So I, I, I had no other choice. So like, oh, I got to make a living. And in there, I improved my sales skills. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, one day uh, I got in an argument in, um, at the dealership with my manager. And then it was a combination of I got fired and I quit. Right. We're like, this, this is not working. So I got up three days later. I started the agency like a week later or because or, it was it was an idea that was brewing in my mind. Now, because I improved my sales skills, it was easier for me to sell to people about what um, what uh, I was selling. It was easier to sell to new people. Now, here, can I share the, the first client process? Absolutely. So, yeah, please. Here's the MVP process. You, if, so we come up with an idea on paper. You sit down in front of a prospect and you say, Mr. or Miss Prospect, if we go ahead and deliver you this with this specifications at this price, does that interest you? Right Now, in that process, if I'm confident, if I kind of know what I'm talking about and if I present well, chances are I can convert them. Hmm. Right now, at that point, when I sold my first customer, I didn't have a team. We'd never done it before. Um, but, uh, and, but what I needed was a proof of concept. We needed market validation, right? So I sat in front of them. I probably sat in front of five or 10 people who said, we're going to design your website. Do you want a website? Yeah. How much is it? Five grand. Uh, what's included? Here's what's included. How long? It's going to take a month and a half, two months, right? Are you in? Yeah. Now, that's not the exact uh, conversation, but that's just the layout, right? So my the thing is, like, even with the call center, I got proof of 
concept and market validation before we started it. We're like, people, if we offer you this, do you want it? They're like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then we started. So that's how basically I sold to the first client. Like having a slight deck with some information, knowing what you're doing, having a bit of sales skills mm-hmm. goes a long way. I bet. I bet. And I love that you're saying that you're saying that because like, you know, I've got what I call the tornado process, the process of creation. And it always starts with validation. And, you know, and I get it all the time and that people come and say, oh, well, I need a funnel, I need tech. And I'm like, no, you need courage and grit and patience and discipline, right? And you yeah. need to actually sell the thing before you need to worry about, you know, and I love that you're saying that because it's definitely my experience too. There's no point building something. 100%. If people might not even want it. And we are not like, as creators of an offer, we're usually not the best judge of that, right? So or not always, at least, you know. I was, I was talking and arguing, actually, with a friend of mine. They're starting a business about crypt, fintech security of some sort, right? These guys, I think they're going out there helping fintech companies with their security or something complicated. I don't really get it. But these guys are starting out, and I'm talking to them, like, what are you doing? They're like, we're building a kick-ass website, and it's going to be really amazing. I'm like, uh... Do you have a customer? They're like, no, but <laughs> we we really need this to get a customer. I'm like, uh, 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 you don't need a kick-ass website to get a customer, bro. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we do. I'm like, trust me, you don't. And then, and then, and then, so they spent a bunch of time on creating a really nice website. I'm like, watch this. You're going to spend a bunch of time and money on this website. You're going to launch it and you're going to sit back and, you know, ding, 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 ding. You're not going to get a customer, Right. Six months later, they don't have a customer. <laughs> and then I'm like, dude, spend a stump, spending all this time and money on the website, which is great. At some point, you will need it. Go out there and talk to people and sell. And in terms of selling, that's like getting that market validation, get proof of concept or what we call a minimum viable product. Put together, yep. put, put together one sheet, right? Mm-hmm. Show it to people on a slide deck, on a Word document. And honestly, if you cannot sell that, a website is not going to help you. Oh, I, yeah, that's, yeah, I just, that's my experience. Mine too. I was just thinking, I wish I could hug you through the screen <laughs> because it's, it's so true. You know, and that's 100%. the thing is I get a lot of people who will come for, you know, I need some tech thing because I'm too scared to, to talk to people. <laughs> so true. And I mean, obviously, you now you take that kind of to the extreme, uh, like, on the other end. Like, it's not just to talk to people to see whether you can sell the thing. It's like, okay, when you now, I'm curious about the business you run now. So you basically take care of for your clients to stay, for them to stay in touch with their clients. What is it yes. that you, you know, what is it that you, like if you go and reach out to somebody's client list, like what is it that you ask them? Great question. So depending on who, so can I share what the, the, the problems mm-hmm. that we solve? You go. Yeah. Hell yeah. The biggest problem that we solve is the fact that most business owners, founders, and salespeople leave, leave a lot of money on the table, six, seven, eight figures on the table because of a lack of follow-ups because they don't follow up. The second biggest problem that we solve is the fact that some of these people, they know they should stay in touch with their people, but they don't have the time, the manpower, the resources, and the systems to do it. And like we talked about earlier, most people just hate to pick up the phone. 
right? <laughs> Including salespeople. Like you could break their legs and they still wouldn't follow up properly, right? So when we when we come in, usually we work with, the, with customers that are established. They're doing about north of half a million dollars in sales or more, higher six figures or seven figures. And they have a list of customers or prospects that are being ignored, right? So we, we, I always ask the question of why would you spend a lot of time and money to find all these people and then ignore them and then mm-hmm. keep focusing on trying to find new customers while you're, you got a list of people that you got to work with. So depending on, on, um, on the interaction, so we would do the follow-up from the moment people opt in to get something a lead mm-hmm. magnet, a webinar, a book, a checklist or whatnot until they follow up before and after a meeting, before and after webinar, before and after an event, existing customers and past customers. So let's say that I just shared the blueprint to a simple retention formula and somebody downloaded it, right? Which is what we do. Then I would call them up and say, hi, this is Mustafa. I work with Anka. Um, did I catch you at a bad time? They would say, well, yes or no. Usually they're like, no, what's going on? Uh, and I'm like, look, the reason I'm calling is our system shows that you have downloaded the checklist for simple retention formula. Does that ring a bell? Right. And they're like, yeah, either they remember or they don't. If it's recent, they do remember. Then I'm like, look, I'm just wondering, you probably didn't want to waste your time. What was the problem you're trying to solve by downloading this checklist? You see what I'm doing there? And then they're like, you know, uh, we want more sales. We want more leads. We want to do this and that. So I'm like, could we talk about that? Then we just keep probing and do a needs analysis. What is the need? What is the problem? What is the issue that they're working on? And then be like, is this a problem that you want to work on fixing? Is it worth solving? Right. And if they say yes, good. Then we do the financial qualification. Are you in a position to invest in your business to fix this problem? Right. Then we work on, would you like to talk to one of our team members, uh, the coach, the salesperson or whatnot, to see if, and that's a big if, if we can help you. Right. Because right now I'm not sure if we can, but there might be a chance. Right. So that way, that's how we follow up depending on the occasion. So we do mm. the same with before a webinar, we do confirmations. After a webinar, we do follow-up with all the buyers, non-buyers, and the no-shows. Same thing with the events. So we're like, hey, you register for this event. You didn't show up. What's going on? Can we help? And the rest of it. And that's so we always have a very friendly and nurturing approach. It's not a pushy, salesy approach. We're like, that hey. makes all the difference, doesn't it? Like it's even yeah. like listening to the analysis, you know, what made you what made you want the thing? I think it's yeah. such a cool question because it really entices people to kind of like, you know, what I really like, you know, and then they get a chance to talk about what's going on for them. 100%. You know, and I think it uh, and it doesn't feel yeah, it doesn't feel salesy in that sense, right? So it doesn't feel like, ooh, you know, he's gonna shove something down my throat now. So it's a definitely um yeah, so I can, and I can also see how that would really help a company out because that is like to keep track of all of that. That's a big mm-hmm. job. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and they don't do it. Usually they don't do it. 
Usually they're leaving uh, prospects on the table, leaving uh, money on the table, leaving mm -hmm. uh, their customers up in, up in the air with a lack of follow-up. They don't know what's happening with the customers. And uh, by just staying in touch, you increase customer retention and you get referrals, you get appointments, you get introductions, you get more business uh, from them, like upselling them, doing more, more things and other things for them. A lot could happen. Yeah, I think that's such an untapped resource, right? And I think everybody knows in theory. I'm, I'm just so curious, like, why is it that, see, if, it, if it's solopreneur, like if I look at the coach now and I'm like, oh my God, you know, that sense of outreach might feel like, um, because there, there would be this expectation of being judged, right? So like, what if they didn't sign up? Like, oh my God, like, this is going to be really creepy or they might, you know, like, somebody can really get up in their head about, you know, picking up the phone. Can but I share say, a tip on that? Yes, please. Yes, please. So do. here's a tip on how to overcome that fear of picking up the phone. If you're a solopreneur and you want to do this. So the tip is you're calling them to have a friendly conversation with them. Yeah. You're calling them to ask questions and listen. You're not coming, calling them to have a verbal diarrhea like blah, 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 and it starts selling it. Like that's what people are thinking. They're like, yeah, I'm gonna call absolutely. them, I'm gonna sell, and I'm gonna be judged, and I'm gonna be pushy, and they're not gonna like it. Well, don't do that. Mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, mm. so just call and like if you're a friendly, nurturing person, call up and say, Hey, what's going on? Where are you at in life? Where are you at in business? Can I help? Right. And then the help could be like. Can I introduce you to someone else? Because I can't help you. They're going to tell you, I have this problem. And maybe I, can, I cannot help that problem. But I'm going to make an introduction to them. Is that valuable to that person? Absolutely. Right? So with that Absolutely. approach, you could call them, have conversations with them. Human conversations, which is missing a lot these days. And then grow your business. Get, get referrals. Now, here's the other piece. You talk to a person and the person in front of you may not be qualified, but they may know someone that is qualified. So we always ask them, look, I understand that this is not the best time for you and we may not be the right fit. Who do you know that may be having this problem that we might be able to help? Right. Right. And they're like, you know, I know John. Sometimes they'll tell you, I know John and Stephanie that, you know, they have that problem. I'll make an introduction. Perfect. I appreciate it. Right. But if you don't have those conversations in a nice, friendly way, it's not going to happen. So that's my tip for you to overcome your fear of picking up the phone and having conversations. If you, if you don't want to be salesy, don't be salesy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's so simple, isn't it? But I think the key really that I picked up and what you just said was that to go into it with the sense of can I be of service? 100%. And that does not that's not limited to my services, right? That I think is like, because if you come in, it's like, oh, well, I just, because there's also like, if somebody goes, oh, I just want to see whether I can help you. It's like, okay, what do you want, right? So there's already that, like, you're going to try and sell me something. So it yeah. being of service might include an introduction to somebody else or maybe a book or a link to an article or a video or something, you know, well, that is a whole different conversation. Right. And it isn't creepy for either of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I share another tip to overcome the fear? 
Oh, yes, please. All right. So if you really believe in what you do and you know that you can help someone, even if you are perceived as pushy or salesy, so what? Let it be. Because let's say I'm talking to you, Anka, and you're like, Mustafa, I have a problem with my follow-up and I want to fix my follow-up problem. Here's my sales philosophy. If I know that I can help you, I have no problem with being pushy and salesy because I need you to I, I need to get you out of the way so we can help you. <laughs> True. Isn't that most of the, is that most of the cases, right? Like, let's fix this problem. Oh, I'm not sure. Let me talk to my wife and to my dog and let's see what their my dog's opinion is about my business, right? And people will come <laughs> up with all sorts of nonsense to not do what they're supposed to do. And so our job is to be responsible enough to hold them responsible to fix the problem that, that is really hurting them. Mm -hmm. So some cases, I have no problem being pushy. And here's the other fact. If someone is like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're being so pushy and they're not going to buy, they're not a buyer to begin with. And it's okay if they unsubscribe and they get out of my life. I'm perfectly fine with that because we want to talk and talk with qualified people, I guess, and mm -hmm. people that we want to help. And we that's so true. right, so yeah, that's a couple I love of that. tips. Yeah, actually, that reminds me of a story that um, Michael Neal. I don't know whether you've heard of him, but if you haven't, I'll send you, I'll send you his way. But he has a story around that that really helped me see this in a different light. He says, um, he says, when I sell, I think of Oliver, right? And he says, well, Oliver is my son, right? And he said, if I want if I see Oliver has a problem with something, you know, and I know that I have a solution, I'm not going to go, oh, my God, I don't want to be salesy, you know. <laughs> he says, well, well, no, I'm going to make sure he knows about it. And I will put all my arguments on the table to convince him if, you know, I'm his dad. I'm never going to sell him something that's not good for him. I'm never yeah. going to try and convince him of something that is not in his best interest, you know? But if I have something, if I see him struggle and I have a solution that I know that's in his best interest, you're not gonna shut me up either, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so he says, well, basically, every time you sell, sell to Oliver. 100%. Look, if, um, if someone was dying of cancer and you're a yeah. doctor and you know how to help them, yeah. are you gonna be like, oh my God, I don't wanna be I don't wanna be salty. <laughs> The guy's no. dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And I think that's the whole thing. You know, it's like you don't want, you just don't want to shove something down somebody's throat that isn't in their best interest, right? But, yeah, if, but if you know you dying, can, yeah, it's almost your obli obligation <laughs> to to help them, right? 100%. So yeah, I think that's um, it's a whole different way of looking at it that takes all the, the all the awkwardness out of it i think that's why it's so powerful that that sense of yeah yeah you know and yeah. if you're not my client you're not my client that's cool too you know so that that's, 100%. Um, so now with your history of businesses so do you feel like with the one you've got like is that like okay you're right in it or how do you see it evolve where do you see yourself in a year from now where do I see myself a year from now? Uh, we're going to be serving a lot more people. Uh, and then our team is going to be a lot bigger. And uh, 
our uh, processes are going to be more streamlined and um, we're going to be helping a lot of people establishing their their um, relationships and strengthening the relationships with their customers while we work on doing the same with our customers. And uh, uh, yeah, we're going to be helping businesses grow and scale through their existing resources. Awesome. I love it. So where can people go and get in touch with you and get you to help them, you know, follow up with their clients? 100%. Stop leaving money on so, the table. Uh, so you could reach out to me on LinkedIn. If you search Mustafa Hosseini, I'm there. Um, and then uh, you could go out to our website is persayo.com, P-E-R-S-Y-O.com. And uh, you could also find me there. But probably the best time way to is to reach out on LinkedIn. Let's set up a time to chat and see what we could do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So many golden nuggets. It's a really enlightening and fun episode. I'm very grateful. Thank came. you. Thank you for having me. That was a great conversation. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and leave a review to help others find it. If you are a coach, speaker or author, a passionate big picture thinker with a vision and you want to build an online business to reach and impact more people, go to passionbusinesspodcast.com and download a free copy of my book, Taming the Tech Monster. And join my free community, Don't Just Learn, Create, Business Building for Mavericks to connect with others on the same path. That's passionbusinesspodcast.com. I'll speak to you soon.